Comic book, comic book, does whatever a book does. Read by us while drinking, incoherent rambling. Look out, this is our podcast. Welcome to the SJW Comic Book Club, a weekly book club style podcast where three friends discuss a story arc or event in comics. Like most successful book clubs, we have three key elements, books, friends, and booze. I'm host number one, Monte. I'm host number two, Veronica. And I'm host number three, Melissa. The three of us have been friends for years, ever since middle school, and we've always been really into books, movies, and other types of media. We've also always been critical thinkers when it comes to consuming pop culture, and we usually talk to each other about what we're watching or reading, because the best part of consuming media is talking about it with your friends. So usually on this podcast, we would take a story arc in comics, and we would discuss it between ourselves. But this week, we're doing something a little bit differently. Yes. So Monte and I both choose a theme for each season and pick four comics that align with it. With the last season where my theme was detectives and mysteries, uh, I realized that my theme was a little bit dense and I didn't really get the space in the episodes to discuss it. So I thought we would do this little mini-sode where we set up our themes for the next season and get a little discussion going and introduce the comics that we're going to read. We'll be going with my theme first this season, which... Despite that decision, I have the least dense and cerebral theme that I've had so far, I think, which is green. I'm going to choose four green characters, and we are going to read their comics. It's a little difficult to wrap your head around <laughs> that concept. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm happy with it, though. I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> How about you, Monte? What is your theme for this upcoming sixth season? My theme for season six is going to be LGBT power couples in comics, and it's just going to be two couples from Marvel and two couples from DC kind of interspersed between each other, two male-male couples and two female-female couples, and it should be interesting. Uh, Couples, specifically couples that are both like active superheroes at the time. Because there's a lot of LGBT characters who are dating non-superheroes or, you know, dating former superheroes or whatever. But I thought it would be most interesting to look at two active superheroes who superhero together. So they're like on the same team or they're a pair or whatever. I think that would be interesting because we especially have liked domestic scenes for superheroes when they come up. So it'll be interesting to see couples going on. I did try to um, find some couples that had kind of domestic scenes, but it seemed like there was a weird thing that was happening where most of the domestic scenes were in story arcs that didn't really have anything to do with the couples. Mm -hmm. So it would be like a story arc about their teammates and stuff mostly, and then it would show like a cute scene between them or something. I'm like, well, I can't make us read this four issue (laughs) story arc for three pages of domestic bliss cute domesticity uh yes you should append one page of domesticity onto <laughs> each week from a different reading assignment that we just read that one like panel yes yes so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go back and forth and just uh state what we're gonna be reading each week and how we came to choose that character or that couple or that issue make any comments on it we feel and melissa you can jump in with comment whenever you want or not, if there's nothing to be said. Thank you for permission. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Everyone needs Veronica's need that permission. Every time. <laughs> All right. I'll raise my hand. <laughs> we usually don't record it. Um, we have like a little panel and one of us puts forward a motion for Melissa to speak and then the other one has to second that motion. <laughs> Otherwise, you can't talk. <laughs> it's a very rigid but fair system. <laughs> it's very fair. <laughs> very fair. All right. So if you've been listening, uh, following along with us, you might notice that my method of picking comics is usually to pick characters that I want to read and then just finding the best one I can, the best issue or arc that I can find of them. And that's pretty much what I've done here. So the first comic of season six, and by the way, these are all subject to change at any time like we did last season because this is a book club. We're not here to punish ourselves. If we really don't want to read something at the moment, we can always switch it up. But uh, the first one we'll be reading for season six is a Martian Manhunter comic. Um, Martian Manhunter, of course, is a Martian, and he is green. He does not, however, have many standalone comics, and it was very hard for me to find like the best arcs for him that weren't just like, he's in this comic about someone else all the time. So what I ended up choosing was a JLA comic. Uh, Justice League of America comic number 84 through 89, which is called Trial by Fire. Uh, and it's actually the end of Joe Kelly's arc on it. But uh, I think the agreement among Martian Manhunter fans is that it's a really good one. It's the one where he gets over his mortal fear of fire, or at least confronts it. I don't know if he does get over it. You guys might remember Martian Manhunter from the Justice League cartoon that was on when we were a kid. Yeah, I've never read a Martian Manhunter story, but he was always like one of my favorite Justice League characters in that animated series, even though he hardly ever said anything. And I don't think I don't think he ever really had, you know, how all of them had like episodes that were centered around mm -hmm. one or two characters. I don't think he ever even had one of those, but yeah, maybe like one or two. But he was still my favorite because he just seemed really cool. Right qualities of him is he is much longer lived than humans so he's sort of been in the jla or the justice league the whole time and he kind of takes this like step back as like a mentor sage spiritualistic kind of figure so doesn't really get to stand in the spotlight a lot but i've always liked him so i wanted to read about him the end <laughs> i absolutely have no idea who, who this man is <laughs> yes i'm sorry to this man yes he's a martian with the pointy head and he can transform and there might be some other things he does i don't remember but yeah looking forward to it so the first couple that i'm gonna have us look at is gonna be richter and shatterstar of the x factor slash x force slash new mutants fame <laughs> um it's they are a gay couple that actually had the first kiss between two men who were both active superheroes Ooh. in Marvel. So we're going to start by reading that issue. And we're just going to read that issue. It's kind of a self-contained story that's part of like a larger arc. But I don't think we need to read the whole thing. So we're just going to read X-Factor, Volume 3, Number 45. And then we're going to read a much later story arc in X-Factor, Volume 1, Numbers 207 to 209, which is called Strip Search, um, which just goes over some of the problems in their relationship and some of the like conflict that they have and stuff. There's some interesting things that happen, but it's a good time. They're a very cute couple. I suppose, in ways, but also a very flawed couple. So we get to see like some 
of the positives and negatives of portrayals of LGBT men in comics. Have we seen either of these characters before in the readings we've done for this podcast? Um, we might have seen Richter before. Not sh- we haven't seen Shatterstar for sure because I love him and I would have <laughs> pointed that out. We would have discussed out. it. <laughs> yeah, Richter, I also love. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think we've seen either of them actually. Okay, so we'll meet some new characters. Yeah, I don't think we've even seen any of like the new mutants, X Force. X-Factor people so far, at least not in a big way. So sure. Cool. New team, new queers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think we've really seen that many hetero relationships in the comics we've read. Yeah, of both at superheroes. Least, yeah. We just saw Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. And before but that, were there we, any we, in Identity Crisis? I don't know if there were. There were lots I mean, of other well, relationships. Other than the guy Sue who, and... Sue and Ralph. But and Sue wasn't the, a superhero. The murderous woman. And uh, Dinah and Green Arrow. Dinah and Green Arrow were both superheroes yeah. and were dating. Yeah. But I feel like we haven't really had a main comic, except for the Dark Phoenix, where you oh, have Scott and and Jean. I feel yeah. like we, we haven't read too many stories that are too focused on a particular couple. Yeah. So. Scott and Jean, and then Scott and Emma. Well, oh, yeah. In parts <laughs> of Avengers versus X-Men, so... It's we've read a lot of we've we've seen a lot of how Scott is as a lover. So <laughs> let's see some other examples. Yes. All right. So for my second comic, I decided that the second one would be Swamp Thing, which is a character I've been trying to fit in for a long time. And it ended up being a really hard one to find the comic I actually wanted to read because it's been under the helm of so many different people who took it in different directions and monte i think you said off podcast that you were considering putting swamp thing in a cult classics type of season and it does have a cult following but it has like multiple different cult followings and i wanted to get the essence so i ended up on alan moore's run in the 80s i believe so this isn't even necessarily an arc it's i don't fully understand how this part of it was structured but these three issues should kind of have a coherent story and be interesting. So it's Swamp Thing, Volume 2, number 20 through 22, uh, which is the beginning of Alan Moore's run. And it introduces, not introduces because he already existed, but brings the Floronic Man into the Swamp Thing mythos. And um, it might end up being a little confusing because Alan Moore, apparently, the first issue is transitioning from what the people before him were doing. But I've heard that the second issue we're reading called The Anatomy Lesson is like far and away a fantastic example of Swamp Thing being like kind of horror-y and kind of superhero-y and just really interesting. So Swamp Thing started out as a horror comic and he is an embodiment, a champion of like a nature force uh, that made him into a swamp person. Nice. Yeah. He was one of the launching comics of Vertigo, I believe, which is what Sandman is part of. So it should be interesting. Cool. (laughs) Um, So the second couple that I'm going to have us read is going to be Carolina Dean and Zavin. And we met Carolina Dean earlier in, was it last season? That was season? I think it was season season four where you picked teenage superheroes as your theme. Season four episode, I think it was my third comic or my second. Yeah, 
so we met Carolina Dean as a member of the Runaways, and she's still going to be in the Runaways in this comic. Obviously, it's called the Runaways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to be Runaways Volume Two. Two different story arcs. The first one is called Dead Means Dead, which is a story where the Runaways are fighting a group of elder gods or Ooh. something like that. And then the second story arc is going to be Live Fast, which is where I think they have made peace with the Elder Gods or made (laughs) friends with the Elder Gods even. (laughs) But in that story arc, the Elder Gods are no longer the antagonists. They're listed as supporting characters. So I don't know if they are going to work with them or whatever. (laughs) But yeah, it's basically the runaways fighting the Elder Gods. And it's going to cover not the introduction of Carolina Dean's uh, girlfriend, Zavin, but a few issues, a few story arcs after Zavin's introduction. And Zavin is a scroll and a gender queer squall, a gender queer, <laughs> a gender queer scroll. Interesting. Yes. So Zavin starts off introduced as presenting male but then switches between presenting male and female because carolina dean is a lesbian Mm -hmm. um so they switch they switch back and forth and then eventually it's not explicitly like stated but it's pretty much understood that they're most comfortable presenting as female Mm -hmm. um and i think usually the story uses the pronouns her for them if not in these story arcs in later ones interesting um and the way that they know each other or meet each other is that Carolina Dean is an alien princess from one planet and Zavin is an alien prince from the of the scrolls mm-hmm. and they are engaged to marry. So mm-hmm. um, at first they hate each other because that's a gross situation, but then they come to actually, you know, fall in love and whatnot. So a nice little uh not nice because but like a typical rom-com fantasy sci-fi setting of arranged marriage yes intergalactic sounds like a comic book version of a movie i would watch on netflix yes that has three Mm -hmm. sequels a netflix original movie (laughs) was it uh like a christmas princess or something yes like a a christmas Christmas alien (laughs) a christmas scroll yes each each movie has just all the stakes, you know, and all the payoff. So. Yes. Before we start watching way too many Netflix movies on this podcast instead of discussing comics, um, my third comic is going to be a Poison Ivy comic. And I might have to apologize because I just realized that she might not actually be green in this comic, which destroys my whole premise. But we're going to pretend she is. Unbelievable. <laughs> so this is a standalone Poison Ivy comic that I wish I had known about last season because turns out it's a murder mystery. So fuck me, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's called Poison Ivy Cycle of Life and Death, and it's six issues long. And it's about, uh, I think Poison Ivy is working in like a research laboratory and then people start dying. And I don't know if she's suspected or whatever, but she gets involved in figuring out what's happening. And it should be cool. It looks really cool, the cover and whatnot. Aside from the fact that her skin isn't green. How dare she well, do this to me? She's green inside. Yes. Well, emotionally. M- Poison Ivy and Swamp Thing, the force that they are connected with that makes them how they are, is a 
like natural force called the green. So I think no matter what color poison ivy is, you can still assume she's a representative of the green. It's a bit on the nose. Yep. <laughs> but I'll accept it. <laughs> Very well. I hope it is good. Everyone said online that it was a good comic. So I'm excited. Um, and my third couple that I'm going to be having us read is going to be the DC heroes, Apollo and Midnighter. Um, these, this is a, it's an interesting group. I, I think that they started off as a couple in another, like, I, I think it was a DC imprint or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they were brought over to the main DC universe or whatever. So they're another male, male couple and they are at this point in the story, I believe they've broken up. And then Apollo gets like dragged to hell by something and Midnighter goes down to save him. So it's them getting back together. Um, from what I understand, it is like, it's not, gr it's a violent comic, but it's not grimdark. It's kind of the same. It's kind of like a Deadpool kind of feel where it's like satirical violence. Not as far as Tank Girl, which we read this season, this past <laughs> season. But somewhere in between Tank Girl and Deadpool and Batman is where you'll find Apollo and Midnighter. Okay. I've never heard of either of them. I mean, I might have heard of Apollo and just not tracked it because Apollo is the name of a Greek god that is extant, but yeah. I've never heard of either of them. But actually, the reason that they broke up is because Apollo was uncomfortable with Midnighter's deep enjoyment of the violence that he inflicts <laughs> on criminals oh no well that's an interesting dynamic yeah it is and um i think it'd be interesting to compare their relationship i think to richter and Shatterstars because they are somewhat similar yes yes i'm very interested to dive into the dynamics of because we've read civil war and civil war 2 and other events where heroes are fighting heroes but not necessarily that they're going to be fighting each other in these comics, but it's going to be heroes meeting and like negotiating their views of what life as a superhero is like since they're going to be couples. Or at least I anticipate that there will be some of that. Hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. I've never read most of these. The only ones that I've read are um, the X Factor ones. So. All right. So for my last comic, I was considering having this as the first one since I feel like it's the one that everyone would think of. Uh, but I put it at the end. It's The Incredible Hulk, which I've never really felt interested in reading any Hulk comics, much like I never wanted to see any Hulk movies because it just I don't know what it would be. But people like them. So I really debated a few with this one. Uh, I considered hulk gray except that he's obviously gray in hulk gray but it was written by jeff lave and um illustrated by tim sale who we really like from long halloween this past season and then i considered planet hulk which is um basically the story that they pulled from for thor ragnarok for the planet of sakar uh, and i was interested to see that but i ended up on a much shorter thing uh that's more of like about bruce banner it's a two issue span from incredible hulk volume two number 24 and 25 it's called always on my mind and it's about after um the hulk's love interest betty i forget her name but after his love interest has died and him ross betty ross trying to deal with that and trying to deal with another person who is involved in that drama and i don't want to give too much away because it is only two issues long but we can wrap it up at least my theme with the Hulk, 
rounding off the greenest of the green. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully He's it'll be interesting. The greenest there is. Yes. For this episode, I'm going to have us drink a lazy apple teeny uh, that I used to make in college mm-hmm. a lot. So get prepared to get really sloshed yes during this episode <laughs> get prepared to get really familiar with melissa's state of mind in college because this was like her favorite trick <laughs> and my last story is actually also going to include poison ivy <gasps> the couple is going to be harley quinn and poison ivy obviously both are from dc and obviously we can't have a season where we talk about lgbt relationships without talking about poison ivy and harley quinn so this is also going to be the most recent of the stories that i have us read um and it's going to be harley quinn and poison ivy which is a six issue limited series from 2019 and i don't really have any idea what it's about i'm what i'm anticipating and what i hope it is is just like bonnie and clyde s <laughs> sort of story mm-hmm. um so hopefully i'll get that from it but i've never read it before i have no idea what it's about um i just saw it come up on a list and i was like all right this one yeah i'm excited for that i'm not always the hugest fan of harley quinn getting so much love and attention from fans because she is still a villain but she is fun i i do like her i just don't so much like her huge following even though she's very cool yeah i wouldn't i don't know like i've never read any of her issues so i don't know how she's presented in them all right so yeah these all sound like really good comics i'm really looking forward to it especially monte the novelty of all these characters that you've got coming up that i've never encountered before yeah, there should be a lot of new and interesting things and interesting dynamics. And hopefully they don't all suck. Like, hopefully they're also good stories and not just story. Featuring an LGBT couple is not enough to make a story good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but featuring a green character is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's looking forward to reading all the green people? No one. Please email us to pick a favorite host theme (laughs) yes we need votes about who's better monte or veronica plus if you have any ideas of what drink i should make oh yes let me know because i honestly am up to suggestions not from you guys just from random strangers we've never met Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we need to think of apparently some gay drinks or some character specific drinks for the couples uh in monte's theme and a lot of green drinks for mine yes um, I had a joke about Martian Manhunter, but I lost it, so whatever. <laughs> uh, his existence is rife for the possibility of jokes, even though he's cool. Yes. <laughs> Martian Manhunter. Such a stupid name. And then his... his... He should be in the LGBTQ category. <laughs> he he's a Manhunter. <laughs> he's a Manhunter. <laughs> Melissa. Martian Cockswallower. <laughs> I was going to say how his personal name is also offensive and that it is John Jones, but I think I've been overshadowed. So, yes, once again, these the schedule is subject to change. You can find all of these comics at Comixology, I believe. All of mine were on Comixology, at least. Go ahead and look them up. We also post them every week in the episode before we discuss it so that if you're reading along, you can uh, get caught up every week. And yes, we invite you to read along, and we're looking forward to these discussions. So we will be beginning Season 7 next week. 
and we hope to see you there. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at SJWComicsCast or email us directly at SJWComicsPodcast at gmail.com. This was our podcast. See you next week. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.